are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, September 22nd. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, etc. And you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please quickly go follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now just one day away from the beginning of Blackhawks training camp. One day away, folks. Cue up the LeBron James, it's about damn time gifts. Hockey season is just about here. I'll have plenty more on that later on in the show here today, as well as some talk about a few battles and a few players to keep an eye on in the next couple of weeks. But what I wanted to start the show with today is a complete recap of the Blackhawks' two prospect scrimmages that took place over the weekend against the Minnesota Wild. I took the last couple of days to go back and watch those full games. They're both on YouTube still. If you want to go and check them, check those out yourselves, you can just go head on over to the Minnesota Wild's YouTube page. Both games were broadcasted there live and they're still posted full games, so and they're free, of course. So if you want to go do that, that's the place to find them. But I watched both of the games that took place over the weekend in the last few days. Both, unfortunately, did wind up being losses for the Hawks. Um, but today I wanted to be sure to go over, you know, just all the, the things I noticed and the little notes and stuff that I jotted down while watching these two contests. Starting first with the opening of the two games against the Wild Prospects over the weekend. That was the 3-2 loss. Um, and really, honestly, not even in just the first game, but I'm going to start with the first game. Um, but in both games, really, what I wanted to start with, the first thing I had to talk about is, it, it's just it's now very clear to me that Lucas Reichel, without a doubt, is the top prospect in the Blackhawks organization at the moment. Not that we already kind of knew that, but this weekend he just really cemented himself there with this these couple of strong performances. The edge work on his skates, the ability to create time and space for himself in the offensive zone to make things happen, uh, going to go along with you know his stick work, his puck handling abilities, his overall high hockey IQ. I mean. This kid really does look like the complete package here, folks. Um, I know he was going up against other prospects, but it's very encouraging, without a doubt, to see Reichel just have success and also so much of his game already established at a young age. He really does look like he's going to be a solid player for this Blackhawks team down the line. And in that first game, um, he didn't wind up with a point, but he created many chances and did 
many notable things. Uh, he had some incredible moves in the offensive zone, um, and I didn't. I haven't even talked about his playmaking abilities yet. Uh, in that first game, he almost set up Colton Dock, Blackhawks 2021 second round pick. Uh, Reichel almost set him up a, a couple of different times in that first game. Doc just wasn't able to convert on either of the opportunities on his end. Uh, and on one of those chances as well, Reichel stripped the defender in transition to make uh, a two-on-one happen real quick there going back the other way. So overall, in that first game, despite not registering a point, Lucas Reichel still looked excellent to me in all aspects. And again, as I said, cemented himself as the top prospect for the Blackhawks at the moment. A couple of other players who stood out to me in game one, uh, I wrote down, I thought Arvid Soderblom played a pretty solid game in net, even though he got the loss. Uh, It was a good mini debut for him in the Hawks sweater, making a couple of big-time stops. Uh, Of course, he was um, one of the first big-time signings that the Blackhawks made this summer, getting him over from Sweden. Um, He's put together a good resume in his young career, uh, and he'll head over to Rockford now and looks to be trying to win that starting job in camp as well for the Ice Hogs. Uh, A couple of other guys worth noting. Um, First one to me was... Andre Altibarmakian, he was, I mean, he really made the most of these two scrimmages, I thought. Uh, He was someone I had in my honorable mentions category for my Blackhawks top 10 prospects, which I am going to get back to. I'm going to unveil the upper half of that list, starting again probably on tomorrow's episode, honestly. Uh, If not, then Friday, but I will get back to it this week. But Altibarmakian, he also didn't have a point in game one, but a lot of good chances. displayed some some high octane offensive ability and and showed why he was a third round pick a couple of years back. Another guy who made my honorable mentions list that I wrote down who was noticeable in game 1 was Michael Tepley. Uh, I thought Tepley was he was pretty darn good in both of the games for the Blackhawks over the weekend. Uh he had the second goal in the first game which was a little stuff shot down low off a pass from Evan Barrett in the offensive zone. And then he also had a shot ring off the post earlier in the contest as well. So nearly a multi-point game for Michael Tepley in uh, game one of the prospect scrimmages. And that offensive skill set of his is why I had Tepley on my list and why I think um, Blackhawks fans should be keeping an eye on him over these next couple of years. I'll, I'll admit I do have a little of a little bias towards him for whatever reasons, um, mostly just because of, of that offensive game that I, I've seen him have so far. Uh, and with that offensive potential, I mean, I, I really do think there could be something there a few years down the line. And um, we saw why in a couple of games over the weekend out of Michael Tepley. The last note I had in game one um, was just about the Blackhawks' defense overall. Alec Regula, I thought, was really good as their number one. He played really sturdy on both ends of the ice. He had a ridiculous move in overtime uh, in the second game, which I'll get to a little bit later on the show. He nearly won the thing with um, a beautiful toe-drag backhand deke, uh, but it, it was not to be as it, it was stopped by the wild netminder. Um, but overall, Alec Regula, I thought, was really good. Jakob Galvis was another guy who who played pretty well in game one. Isaac Phillips, I thought, was solid as well. Um, And what I wrote down here was that I just think after seeing this first game, and it's been a while since a a, a prospect tournament or 
anything a prospect showcase like this has happened. So the Blackhawks really haven't got to see what they have with all these guys on the ice together. Um, but with that, with with seeing this for the first time in a while, I I wrote down that I think the Blackhawks, after seeing how they fared in Game One, I think they feel good about their defensemen pipelines at the moment. There's a lot of stability back there already for some guys who are you know only 19 and 20, 21 years old, and uh, I thought they played you know a, a pretty clean game defensively, despite coming away with a three to two loss to the Minnesota Wilds prospects. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there are my complete thoughts on Game 1 of the Blackhawks Prospect Showcase against the Wild. Coming up in just a moment, I'll be sharing all of my notes that I had on the second game of the weekend. But first, I need to talk to you all quickly about fan tracks. Hockey fans, I'm going to give you the inside track on fantasy hockey. It's called fan tracks. Fan tracks is free. NHL Fantasy Hockey League Manager is the most customizable, easy to use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. It's the top dynasty fantasy hockey platform. It's the most customizable fantasy platform, and it's offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Go deep with the ultimate keeper in dynasty for your leagues, you can create a simple redraft league or even a customizable best ball league with up to 2,000 teams. If there's anything lacking in your current fantasy league manager, Fantrax likely has it. Fantasy sports doesn't sleep and neither does Fantrax, with seasons running 365 days a year. And there's a reason why fantasy players who try Fantrax make it their permanent home for all their fantasy leagues. And if you sign up for free today, you'll be entered to win an official NHL-signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash LockedOn and sign up today. That's Fantrax.com slash LockedOn. I also need to talk to you all about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more right now at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. I just got done recapping game one of the Blackhawks prospect showcase versus the Wild over the weekend. Moving on now to game two, which also sadly resulted in a loss for the Hawks. This one in a shootout by a score of four to three. The first thing I had down was mostly just another impressive game by a majority of the guys that played well in game one. Lucas Reichel was phenomenal once again. He had a big-time assist late in the game to give the Blackhawks a 3-2 to lead. He set up Michael Tepley for a tap-in backdoor after just 
a perfect pass that caught everyone by surprise. Uh, and overall, again, I just thought his game looked sharp in all areas, especially his play in transition. Both sides of the puck. On defense, he can go and pick your pocket and make things happen the other way. And then on offense, he can also use that speed of his in order to create offense coming up the ice with the puck on his stick as well. So for me, it was pretty darn close to an A-plus performance out of Lucas Reichel for the most part. Also, Evan Barrett is someone who really, to me, looks ready to take that next step in his game this season. And he's someone that's been on the radar for what feels like forever now, um, but it finally seems to all be coming together in his game. The depth may keep him from making the roster out of camp, but after what I saw out of Barrett this weekend, it's clear. Um, He had a couple of points, a good overall offensive mindset. He's got decent size to his game. He's not afraid to go to the dirty areas. He goes hard to the net. He had a great goal um, by driving the net. Uh, he's not scared to play along the boards and and was good there. So I, I really do think we'll be seeing Evan Barrett up at the NHL level at some point in this season for the Blackhawks. He was really good in these two games over the weekend. And same with Andre Altibarmakian and Michael Tepley. Those guys, I mean, they were doing a majority of the offense for the Blackhawks prospects over the weekend. I already mentioned... Um, Tepley scoring the game winner off of a tremendous play from Lucas Reichel. So Tepley scored a goal in both games over the weekend against Minnesota. As for Alti Barmakian, though, he was held off the score sheet in game one, but the same can't be said in game two. He scored the opening goal of the contest after an absolute rocket, and he made it all happen uh, himself in the offensive zone. He forced a turnover, then he made a strong power move in order to get to the slot, and then just completely unleashed on that shot past the glove side to put the Hawks ahead one to nothing early in the game. So just like Evan Barrett, Andre Altimbarmaki, and could be among the first call-ups this season if they do both wind up not making the opening night roster out of training camp. A few other things I wanted to be sure to mention, a couple other shout-outs I wanted to give for impressive performances in Game 2 first. Jakob Poor was someone I thought played really well for being in a bottom-six role mostly. He was one of, like Arvid Soderblom, he was one of the first signings that the Blackhawks made this summer, and he's kind of been a forgotten man a little bit as things have gone on over the past couple of months but in these two games, mostly the second one, though, Jakob Poor, I I thought, made the absolute most out of his opportunities. He, had, he was the one who had that nice primary assist on Evan Barrett's goal when he was driving the net. And then Poor also had a shot, like Tepley, uh, ring off the iron later in that game as well. Although, actually, I think, yeah, Tepley hit the post in game one. Poor hit the post in game two. Um, but... Yeah, impressive play out of Jakobor on both ends, too. Uh, even defensively, I thought he played nicely as well. So another guy not to forget about, Jakobor. Don't forget about him either this season, ladies and gentlemen. Probably will start in Rockford, but uh, could be right there on the fringe of, of being in the middle of those call-ups. Uh, and again, another guy not to forget about here, Jakob Galvis, ladies and gentlemen. But this one to me is could be the most crucial man not to forget about, Jakob, Gal- Jakob Galvis. In game two, he had a really good game one, but in game two, I thought he was probably the best defenseman on the ice for the Blackhawks and, and really was just all over the place. You couldn't miss him because this kid, his skating ability is absolutely ridiculous. Him and Alec Regula, I would say, were probably the two defensemen that stood out the most, but it, kind of in in two 
completely different ways because Regula, he's more of a of a stable defenseman at this point, and obviously he's much bigger, and with that frame, he kind of plays a, a different style. Um, whereas Galvis, again, he, he's a great skater, so in transition, he has the ability to, to make plays up and down the ice because of that, and he can carry the puck through the neutral zone. Uh, he, he has a good first pass. Uh, he showed that multiple times over the weekend. The, that first pass out of the defensive zone, it's so crucial in today's NHL, and Galvis was probably the guy who did that the best on the back end for the Blackhawks in those two games. Just the overall ability to to get it out of the defensive zone and turning turn it into something immediately. That stood out to me immensely in the two games. His poise, I thought, was tremendous. Uh, he wound up getting an assist on one of the plays as well. And it's it's very clear that the experience that that he's gained by playing in two professional leagues already, that's had a huge impact on his development. So, Jakob Galvis, I know it's a long line back there on defense, but he's someone I just keep getting more and more excited about as I continue to watch him play. A couple of other names real quick I had jotted down. Uh, Josiah Slavin, I thought, made some nice plays in the second game. He just didn't get any reward for it on the stat sheet. Um, and another guy I definitely had to bring up on the podcast, Louis Crevier, the six foot eight defenseman that the Blackhawks took in the seventh round of last year's draft. There might be something there with this guy. Uh, of course, with being so big, he's not the swiftest of skaters, to put it nicely. Um, but he showed that he has the ability to, to hang in there with uh, with prospects who are essentially at the same level that he is right now. And and with that size and that long reach of his, if he can if he can keep that up, if he can just hang in there, you know, um, there might be some third pairing ability out of this guy down the line because you just don't see six foot eight, two hundred and thirty pounds uh, with skating with the skating ability that he has. Again, he's not the fastest, but if he can just keep up, then I think he does have a chance, and that's all you need out of seventh round picks in the NHL draft, ladies and gentlemen. All you need is a chance. And uh, two more guys I wanted to add. There weren't many guys who I thought were disappointing, um, guys who didn't live up to expectations. I thought all the guys who, um, the bigger name players, really played the best for the Blackhawks. And I mentioned most of them again, Evan Barrett, Andre Altobarmaki, and guys who are right there on the fringe of becoming NHLers. Lucas Reichel, who's the top prospect in the system. Um, Alec Regula, who got some NHL action at the end of last season, was really good. Jakob Galvis, um, I guess probably I would say exceeded expectations. Uh, but two guys, to me, kind of disappointed, I guess you could say. Uh, the first was Mike Hardman, because I, I wouldn't say he was bad. He did record a secondary assist in the second game. But for being so good down the stretch in the NHL last year, I thought he, I thought he could have done more going up against some younger guys and just strictly prospects. So um, Mike Hardman, uh, um, I thought, kind of just could have shown a little bit more, uh, especially with how explosive he was for the Hawks in that bottom six in those last couple of games last year. And also one guy who kind of disappointed me a little bit was Colton Dock because uh, he got some first-line minutes and he, he had his chances, but for whatever reason, um, he, he just... Seemed like the puck just, he didn't have any puck luck over the weekend, which 
I don't mean to judge a guy for that, but um, it was a prime opportunity for him to show the Blackhawks why uh, he was a good second-round pick, and I just didn't think he fully capitalized on the opportunities that he was given. And also, he's clearly going to have to work on that skating if he wants to be an NHL or so. Um, to me, Colton Dock just... There's a lot of work still to be done before he's even going to be um, ready to go professional and probably join the Ice Hogs before even thinking of having an NHL career with with the Hawks. So um, I don't want to be discouraged or anything by just two games, Um, but it's just we knew that Colton Dock was a little bit of a project because he can't really skate. (laughs) <laughs> so um, that it's just now a little bit more evident to me that he's really going to have to work on that area of his game if he wants to have a chance at all. And the last thing I had, the last thing I had down that I wanted to talk about here quickly before moving on to training camp stuff, right before the prospect showcase started last Friday, the Blackhawks announced that 2021 first-round pick defenseman Nolan Allen had signed his entry-level contract with the club, a three-year entry-level contract per usual. And of course, with Allen, there's been some controversy recently about the Blackhawks taking him so early in the draft. But over the weekend, um, I I haven't touched on Allen at all yet. I did that purposely, wanted to get into him here. Um, Again, yes, it may have been a little bit early to take Nolan Allen, but he showed why the Blackhawks think he can be a solid defenseman for their club one day down the road. He was physical when he needed to be. He had some really good hits. He was solid in transition on defense. He also added an assist, although it was kind of a fluky goal, but um, they all count the same. Um, I think the Hawks just feel a little bit more comfortable about Allen and his defensive abilities after this weekend. Not that they weren't sure enough about that. I mean, they they took him probably a round too early, um, but I, I think... It was comforting knowing that that he handled things well in his first kind of showing with the Blackhawks organization. And one thing I wanted to say about Nolan Allen that is kind of um, a, a misconception, I think, with the NHL draft, the Blackhawks don't need Nolan Allen to be a superstar. And that's the misconception about the first round. Because you get taken in the first round, people always assume you're you have to become this cornerstone, essentially, of the franchise and be either, you know, when when someone gets taken in the first round, you want them to either be, at worst, a top six forward or a top four defenseman. And while Nolan Allen's upside is probably a second-pairing guy, I do like his chances to to be a sturdy defensive presence for this team one day because he, sh- like, uh, again, He doesn't have superstar abilities. He's never going to light it up offensively. But in the defensive zone, the reasons the Blackhawks took him, he showed, he he played the part and did well for the Blackhawks in that regard. He handled it well in his first instance, and that was really important to me. And I think it was important for the Blackhawks organization as well to just have a little bit more sense of security about Nolan Allen and that the things that he does do well, while it may not be, in hindsight, the greatest first-round pick, if you can provide a value to this team, it doesn't really matter where you get drafted. Every team needs a solid defensive defenseman who's willing to do all the little things and not live in the limelight just to win. And Nolan Allen, I think, 
that's, I mean, that's why the Blackhawks took him because they feel like he can be that guy. And doing that in a, in a mini role in just two games of a prospect showcase, I know, again, it's not much of, um, it's not much, I guess you could say, data to, to take in here. But Nolan Allen, I thought he, he handled it well. And I think it was, it was comforting, is what I wrote down, to know that he is a sound defensive defenseman and he should only get better in that area. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he develops for sure. But he, step one, you can check off on Nolan Allen. He hung in there and was a sound defensive defenseman for the Hawks prospects in the two games that he played over the weekend. And uh, Allen did announce that he will spend at least one more year up in the WHL this season. But after that, again, we'll see if he's ready to make the jump to professional hockey. And I would assume probably join the Rockford Icehogs to try and take that next step in his development to become an everyday NHL defenseman for the Hawks. All right, there's everything I had on the Blackhawks prospects over the weekend. Coming up in just a moment, I'm going to get into a couple things to keep an eye on before the Hawks open up training camp tomorrow morning. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like coconut, double chocolate, salted caramel, and they now have a couple of new flavors like strawberry and grasshopper cookie, which is really good if you're a fan of mint. And they also have cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and many more flavors, all of which are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they are also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, capital L and LOCKED, then the number 15, to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I just finished up sharing all my thoughts on the Blackhawks prospect showcase against Minnesota over the weekend. Now, before I wrap things up today, I wanted to get into a couple of things to keep an eye on once the Blackhawks officially open training camp tomorrow morning. First and foremost, the youngsters that will be trying to make the team. As I've talked about all summer long, there aren't a lot of available spots on the Blackhawks roster at the moment. Depth-wise, Things are pretty locked in already, but guys like Lucas Reichel, Henrik Borgstrom, Ian Mitchell, Nicholas Bodan, as I mentioned earlier, Evan Barrett, Andre Altibarmakian, uh, there's still Mackenzie Entwistle, Mike Hardman, even Wyatt Kalanuck a little bit, all those guys are going to be giving it their all to try and shake things up a little bit and give the coaching staff some tough decisions to make, and There are, as I just said, there are a ton of guys right there on the cusp and not many spots available, which should make things an all-out battle each and every day right from the training, right from the start of training camp tomorrow. So I'm definitely looking forward to that because their performances right there from day one really mean everything. And 
The same goes for guys on the other end of it, like Philip Kurashev, again, Wyatt Kalna can kind of be in this boat, um, Riley Stillman, Alex Nylander, Adam Gaudet, Jujar Kara, Brett Connolly. Those players, they're going to have their spots. They're, they're being gunned for each and every day. So it's equally as important for those players to have a good camp as well, just to show the coaching staff that, you know, they're, they're ready to go and more than capable of, of making the NHL club right out of the gate. Because if they don't, there is surely going to be a young guy that's right behind them, waiting in the shadows for his opportunity. And who knows, once they get that opportunity, they may not let go of it. So all those little battles are definitely going to be something to monitor daily during Blackhawks training camp. And also, I'm so curious to see what's going to happen with the Blackhawks goaltender situation because Marc-Andre Fleury, Kevin Lankinen, Colin Delia, and Malcolm Subban all are still on the roster at the moment. Both Ben Pope and I are shocked that nothing has happened in this department over the offseason for the Hawks. So I'm quite curious to see how they're going to handle this because clearly last year Colin Delia was pissed off about being in the AHL. Surely he doesn't want to be there again. And I'm sure Malcolm Subban also didn't quite envision going from the opening day starter just a year ago to the third or even the fourth goalie in the system heading into this season. So, um, And even if there is a taxi squad goaltender this year in the NHL that's been uh, the talk the last couple of weeks, I don't think either guy is going to be pleased about filling that role for this team. Uh, But I'd probably more so say Colin Delia than Malcolm Subban would be verbally frustrated about that situation. It just seems like, um, I mean, I'm not in the locker room talking to those guys, but just from what I've seen, it seems like Subban, uh, he is open and he's very honest about the the situation that he's been in in his time with the Blackhawks organization. But I still feel like he's kind of more of a relaxed personality. I've seen him out at the golf events all summer with the guys. Um, Seems to get along with everybody really well. Whereas Delia, I haven't really seen anything of him this offseason. And in the past, you know, he's clearly expressed his frustration with the team. And I'm sure he wouldn't be scared to say it again. So that just leads me to believe that Colin Delia would probably be more so on the outs than Malcolm Subban. But again, we'll have to wait and see what happens here, but it just feels like something has to give at this point for the Blackhawks and their netminders. And the last thing I have here um, that I wanted to mention with training camp is that, to me, this is just as important of a camp for the players as it is for Jeremy Colleton and his coaching staff because with all the big names coming in, the expectations, real expectations for essentially the first time since coming here. Jeremy Colleton, he's got to be ready to go and he's got to have his team prepped for the year right out of the gate because if not, if the first two months, if the Blackhawks are struggling, he will feel the pressure and he will be on the hot seat for the first time in Chicago. Like it has to work this year for Jeremy Colleton. There has to be clear progression out of this team, especially in the defensive zone, because with Marc-Andre Fleury, the Vezina Trophy winner from last season, now in net, and also Seth Jones, a new legit number one in town, Jake McCabe coming in as well to help sure things up back there. With all those additions, there are no more excuses for why this team shouldn't succeed defensively. This is a regular season. We get a full training camp. It's a full 82-game stretch. Knock on wood. 
everything's basically going back to normal. So for me, Jeremy Colleton needs to have this team ready to rock and roll from night one because it's a crucial season, not only for the Blackhawks as a team, but also for Jeremy Colleton as well, because if he wants to be the man calling the shots from behind the bench, as this team, you know, tries to recapture greatness and get back to being annual contenders for the Stanley Cup, it starts right here, right now, and he has to show that he can be the man that can have this team organized and ready to go and get back to the way things were five or six years ago. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Wednesday, September 22nd's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to check out the Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day by simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast. Brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Talkin Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.